Welcome back to the Team Podcast, and I'm your host, James Whitelock. With me this week is David, Patrick, and Paul from Ellis Knight. Welcome back, everybody, to the Team Podcast. And today I am joined by the directorial team, the board, the men who are in charge at, uh, at Ellis Knight. Um, <laughs> so we've got Dave, we've got Pat, and we've got Paul. And we've also got Simon from uh, Team Our Fearless. Uh, chairman at the team network joining us today as well who's going to be asking all the really relevant and clever questions when i can't think of any but as everybody knows when on these uh, podcasts what we like to do is get an introduction from the guys from the guests joining us today so if you're not aware of uh, ellis knight i'm going to hand over to i'm going to go in, in in order as i can see you guys on my screen so i'm going to go to dave first Dave, if you could kind of give us a little bit about your background a little bit about your journey into uh into into recruitment and a little bit about kind of Ellis Knight as well. Yeah, of course I can. James, thanks so much for, for having us on the podcast. Pat was shaking his head then of probably the worst person to go first out of all of us because I'll talk for hours. So very quickly, my, my name is Dave Holby Walinski. I'm one of the co-founders of Ellis Knight Recruitment. Um, I've been working with the chaps now probably for just a little over um, or just coming up to seven years now. Um, but obviously, I've, I've known the guys for, for a lot longer. Brothers from other mothers. My <laughs> Certainly, my journey into recruitment is a little bit weird and wonderful. Um, I studied drama at university, um, sort of went into acting, failed, was terrible at that, did various um, sort of uh, kind of leafleting jobs to try and make money. <laughs> ended up kind of moving into sort of customer success and account management um, and, and worked for a, a great company for sort of two, three years based down in Basingstoke and then moved off eventually then into recruitment, working back at, at Reed sort of eight and a half, nine years ago now, and then started working uh, with, with the boys in, in Reading. And then, yeah, and then Ellis Knight was set over or set up just a, a little under seven years ago now. And we've, we've been together ever since. <laughs> Right, let's go to Pat for the official story on all of that then. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I've been in recruitment for ages now, over 20 years now, but uh, I started at Reed Employment, um, really enjoyed my time there. I did 10 years with Reed, working way up to being a regional manager, um, and then decided to move away and start our own business because we wanted to move away from kind of that KPI high street type mm. recruitment, which has its place, but we wanted to work much more with clients that we could build lasting relationships with. And it was all around delivery and relationships rather than numbers and KPIs. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of why we decided to start our own business. I mean, amazing, succinct. Here you go, Dave, that's how to do it. <laughs> Thanks, Pat, let's look. <laughs> and uh, Paul, why don't you give us a little bit about your background? Uh, yeah, much like Dave, other than failed actor, I was a failed footballer. Um, <laughs> as, as per most of the, the, the industry, I fell into recruitment, started at Robert Half, um, worked with Patrick for, for a couple of years at our previous business. And um, yeah, essentially, we, we just decided that, you know what, we want to do this ourselves. We want to do things differently. We'd already had, always had a kind of a charity focus. And, and that was a big part of what we wanted to do and wanted to carry on. And what we didn't want was people standing over us saying, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that, because that's just a big part of our DNA. Um, and that's, I think, kind of been what Ellis Knight has been been built upon. And then it, it's, it's really important for us that anyone that we, we recruit, anyone that joins our team, shares those same values and, and ethics. Recruitment's a really hard industry. Generally speaking, it's a hard industry to, kind of, to, to be in. Mm -hmm. um, and we want to kind of just do things differently in our own way, 
um, that perhaps kind of just sets us apart from from a lot of the other um, hard driven, as Patrick said, the KPI led world. Yeah, yeah, those more kind of transactional uh, recruiters. So when I have a look at your website, uh, this is uh, to Pat, there's literally on that homepage, you've got every single kind of like stamp or kind of something, you've got this obviously with the big B Corp um, uh, kind of logo there, but then there's a plethora of other things that you've kind of, uh, that, that seem to make you a lot different. And obviously you wear that kind of stuff really on your sleeve and it is kind of front and center about what you do. So why is it you went down that route um, as opposed to kind of, uh, you know, any other kind of, uh, what the, you know, the other kind of uh, way of running a recruitment agency? Well, as Paul said, that we started our recruitment company with the real uh, good values and we would always support companies with a bit of fundraising as well. And now that comes from Dave. Now, Dave's background, he's in the Guinness Book of Records for rowing the equivalent around the equator on a static rowing machine. So make sure, and it's actually in the Guinness Record books. <laughs> so uh, keep an eye out from that. And also Wikipedia, of course, he's on there. Uh, <laughs> but you. that we'll come back to that. But that's where it came from. Fundraising is always part of what we do with the clients. Um, but also what we did is actually during lockdown, we saw that as an opportunity to kind of look at, well, what can we do? Because lots of vacancies were closed. But we said, look, we, we always kind of look really positive. What could we do and change? So for example, we did free charity recruitment to support charities that are going through really tough times. We had loads of calls from candidates nervous about employment. So we invested in upskilling candidates. So free training on Excel, for example, Mm -hmm. so that when they come back from furlough, they've upskilled and they're ahead of where they were. So we're always looking at what we could do. Now, part of that led us to applying to lots of different accreditations and I'm sure the boys will expand on that so you know gold CSR was one of the first ones so we really took some time the three of us to review look what do we stand for what's our purpose what's our, our values and our mission so we wanted to be clear for us as leaders and very clear to our staff as to here's who we are here's what we want to do And from that, it led us to explore, rather than just saying, look, we're a nice agency that does some fundraising, we wanted to get those accreditations to to almost kind of rubber stamp to say, actually, look, this is an ethical recruitment company. They do have the right values and we can back up what we're saying rather than just being nice. And as Paul mentioned earlier, we kind of had the view that, look, recruiters sometimes get a bad rap, gets a, a bad reputation. Actually, we value what we do. Helping people find meaningful employment is so important. You know, life's difficult if you haven't got work. But also these businesses that have got plans to grow and come out of lockdown better, you can only do it with the right team. So we wanted to make sure we were really clear with our message internally. Um, and by going through the accreditations, it kind of, it got us to, yeah, really clarify all of that. But, um, I'm, you know, Dave and Paul will be able to tell us a well, bit more about let, that, let, I'm let's, sure. Let's hand over to Dave. Dave, so tell me about kind of what are the knock-on effects of having all these accreditations? What, uh, how does that affect the kind of the, the businesses you work with, the candidates you work with? How, what's the kind of effect? Yeah, James, it's a great question. I think to build on what Patrick said as well, I couldn't agree more. I, I think probably first and foremost, it's the fact that you've gone through a process to to prove that you have that you've been able to instill these qualities within your business i think certainly the organizations now sort of going through the pandemic really began to look at their supply chain the partnerships that they had in place and i think they were looking towards engaging with organizations that were more purpose led that were more sustainable and and worked in an ethical way 
certainly by going through the processes that we did, as, as Pat said, with Gold CSRA and then becoming the first recruitment agency to be Planet Mark certified, working on that strategy to reduce your carbon footprint year on year. And then, of course, becoming a, a B Corp certified recruiter. It just hopefully gives organizations the, the confidence that we really are who we are, that we want to make a difference not only for the people that we love, the people that we work with, but for our clients uh, and our candidates. And I think for an organization now looking towards uh, working with a sustainable partner, when it comes to talent acquisition, that's so incredibly important. Candidates now, I think, having gone through the pandemic, are looking towards working with organizations that can provide more that are flexible that are more sustainable that have that that higher purpose as an organization we know it's not just about making profit now for the shareholders it's about engaging the stakeholders um, and i think now candidates are looking at us as an agency knowing that we're connecting with great organizations and they want to be part of that journey that's really special and i, I think the wonderful benefit for us is that not only do we get to push ourselves through it, but we get to guide and support clients and candidates on that journey. For example, every candidate that we place, we now actually offset their carbon footprint mm -hmm. for the first 12 months of their employment, which is brilliant. For every client that we engage and we work with, we are able to donate um, amazing um, support to uh, a wonderful organization called B1G1 that support hundreds of fantastic international projects uh, fully engaged with the UN Sustainable Development Goals. And we prepare a little report, give that to our clients so they feel that they're engaged with the UN SDGs and we're supporting their purpose mission as well. It's about what we can do to help. As, as Pat said, that's so important. We're in such a privileged position where we can help. We owe that to our candidates and to the clients that we work with to support them with their own purpose-led journey as well. Yeah, it sounds amazing. Um... The other thing, though, I can hear people screaming and the other listeners, uh, and I'm going to this to you, at you Paul, is, um, man, that sounds like a lot of work, right? And that sounds a lot of work to continue to keep on doing as well. So, uh, Paul, maybe you can kind of give a little kind of insight into, you know, the, the, the actually how long this kind of process took um, and how long it keeps to, ma to maintain as well. It entirely depends on the the accreditation or the certification that we're going for. They're all time consuming, but equally they're all cathartic in their own right because they make you really delve deep into your business to say, well, what do we do very well? What don't we do so quite so well? And what partners do we need to partner with to make sure that we get there? The really, really important thing for us has been employee buy-in. So to make sure that it isn't just our ideas led by us, implemented by us, and then managed by us. Actually, it's to say, well, let's get the whole team involved, whether that is B Corp, whether it's recycling initiatives, whether it is a, you know, a net zero target, whether it is diversity and inclusion, what do we need to do to make sure that we are a better business? Um, they are all very time consuming. It's the one probably big thing that we get pushed back upon when we're trying to engage with, with our partners to say, look, beyond recruitment, which is an expected from a recruitment company, what else is it that you're doing and what can mm. we do to kind of further support you? Because we are essentially your first point of contact to every job seeker coming through us. Therefore, we need to know everything that you're doing because job seekers are expecting it. Um, so, so it's getting people to kind of understand from us. Yes, it's time consuming, but it's a pleasure to do. Um, our journey started many, many years ago and has evolved and will continue to evolve. Um, and it's that kind of, I think it's that thirst for learning, that thirst for saying, what do we need to do? to be better. And it's not about saying that we're better than any other agencies. We want to work with other agencies to say, well, let's 
change perception of industry because we, we all work in it and we all want to provide the same the, the same end goal essentially which is a really good service to a client and a brilliant candidate journey for the for the job seeker so why don't we do this all together become a better business together and then we're helping even more more people in the future yeah uh, makes complete sense um simon maybe uh, you want to kind of jump in with a with a couple of questions for uh, for the team yeah, I've, I've got two questions I wanted to talk about. I'm, Patrick and I have uh, engaged a bit before and we've, I found out a lot more about Alice Knight when, we, when I took over from team. And, we, and I, was, I was impressed with the way that you were, your standards were pretty high, not only with how you want to work, but also the clients you wanted to work with. And um, you, you've been able to move the, the, the service offering uh, significantly over to the RPO model, haven't you? By defining what you want from a client as well as what you want from candidates in your own business. So how, how talk to me about that journey, because there's some resilience in that model. Now, I think I, last time we spoke, you had 80% approximately RPO. Uh, the business was 80% RPO, I think. Yeah, yeah. just, just quickly on that. There's one thing. Um, there were a couple of clients during lockdown that we had video calls with, and you could tell they weren't really bought into the full service that we were providing. So, for example, we do video interviews as the first stage for most of our roles to introduce candidates, their personalities, well, their CVs, and show we're doing a thorough interview. And, and one of the clients said, no, I, I just I don't bother with those, just haven't got time. And it really kind of made us think, well, if you're not interested in us showing what we're doing and interviewing the candidates how does that reflect to the candidates when they see you so we then had to have frank conversation look maybe we're not the right recruiter for you so i think once you go through the accreditations and you, you draw a line in the sand say these are our values at some point you have to stand by those and say well if you don't buy into that then perhaps there's other recruitment firms that be better for you we want to work with other businesses that, that take that on board yeah, definitely. And going back to your your question, Simon, around kind of the RPO, I think for us, yeah, when we when we first put the the initial offering out there, yeah, as a, as a relatively young business about kind of providing an RPO, it was a very scary thing for us to do. Yeah, there were bigger companies out there that hadn't offered an RPO, and and that was a really, I think the for us it was the step forward that that we really needed, and it was that belief to say that do you know what we can do this. Importantly for us, it was with the right clients. The ones that said, you know, we, we get you. We know that there will be things that won't go quite so well. Mm-hmm. And I think what we've done brilliantly well over time is, is again, just evolve our service offering because it's completely bespoke because we know that not every business is exactly the same. And what works for one certainly won't work for another. And, and we, it's, it's just a very, very good adult conversation that we have with every business that we engage with um, to say, well, what works for you? Here's our current processes. Here's what we have in place with our existing RPOs. And let's make sure that we mold it and don't worry, if things don't work, it isn't a problem because what we can do is we can change it and we can make sure that it works for you in the future. We can start it now, take it away, or we can add it in. And I think that level of flexibility is what gives people the, the understanding that, do you know what, together we will get there and individually we'll probably make mistakes and things won't go, won't go so well. I think it's that not overpromising, but what they know is everything that we do comes from a good place. It, it comes from a, from a place of saying, we want to help you be a better business. In turn, you're helping us be a better business, and together, hopefully, we can achieve the the, the same end goal. So, so, so for us, the RPO model works really, really well, and also RPO kind of takes on many forms, and that's what I think is we're taking on some of the 
some big organizations, but we're getting a lot within you know, B Corp certified organizations or purpose-led organizations that are going through seed funding or series A funding, and they're looking for that next big growth phase. And that for us is really, really exciting because you can kind of always start to give yourself time to embed into their business before. So you're recruiting three, four, five vacancies, and then all of a sudden, you know, they're going to go from 15, 20 to 90 vacancies, but you've already embedded yourself in their business. So I think it's the level of engagement that, that we offer them, that level of flexibility that's probably made the RPO part of our business kind of really successful. And, and coupling on from that, it led on, I don't know whether Patrick has mentioned kind of includability that we launched back in back in June. Sorry, you, Simon. You've jumped the gun because that was my <laughs> second question. And uh, I, I, no, Pat, Patrick did share um, uh, includability in his story when we spoke. And I wanted to catch up on that. And, and yes, take take it away, Paul. It's, essentially, we were we were partnering with a with an organization and they were speaking to us to say well what could we do differently when it comes to engaging with hiring managers getting support from leadership buy-in and it wasn't just focused around diversity and inclusion it was also mental health of, of employees and well-being of employees and they were asking us questions around sustainability and what they could do and there were questions that we didn't perhaps know the answer to and we were going out to try and find them and we wanted to offer this all-encompassing rpo but what it got was actually quite frustrating and we decided that should we try and create something and in the first instance it was a job board um, with a verification process at the heart of it because b corp has a process planet mark have a process gold csr it has a process with it and it really does make you it brings a level of accountability to you as an employer and a business but also we think that it hopefully gives job seekers that little bit of reassurance what we then wanted to do was say actually well let's partner with a job board couldn't find them because we wanted to collaborate with others we wanted to engage with others and learn from others as well as sharing what we're doing. And that platform just wasn't there. So we created includability. Um, we released it and it's evolved now in, in a very short space of time um, into a standard for organizations um, where, again, they have to go through a five star verification process, which includes diversity and inclusion, mental health, well-being, sustainability and talent management. And we've got external partners. We've got a list of you know, 40 odd ambassadors all of whom that have got lived experience, willing to use includability as a platform to inspire and empower others and help build the knowledge of others. Um, and it's kind of really, really evolved into this incredible community of people that are there. And the one, the one consistent communication that we're having, whether it's a DNI director, uh, stakeholder, HR director, whoever it is, there is a level of anxiety, a level of fear, a level of we don't know what to do on one of those pillars and we won't have all the answers but what we can do is we can provide this this platform to say there is somebody here that can help you if it's a tech platform to help you with racial equality or diversity and inclusion in your workplace or if it's you're getting you on your journey to net zero there is somebody here that can that can assist you um, we also wanted to make it really financially inclusive for everyone and that was a really really big part of what of what we're doing um, and, and today, you know, we've got some incredible companies kind of lined up, including Ella's Kitchen, who are B Corp, Cotswold Fair, Cook, um, Liverpool Football Club have just signed up. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, I know that won't, that won't please everyone, so don't hold that against us. But, but the inquiries that are coming in, and, and these are all organisations that you might think they've got massive teams. The reality is they don't. You know, a lot of them, it's led by one or two people or a very, very small team expected to make all of these massive changes. 
and their level of anxiety, their level of actually here's workload, we're going to put it on you. We want to, we want to share that. Um, and, you know, in, employees can become ambassadors. And we just want to get all of these people talking with no no level of competitiveness whatsoever. It's all about collaboration. Um, and we're, you know, we're a recruitment company. We've set it up, but we are welcoming kind of recruitment companies into this because we want to do better together, essentially. Wow, I can feel the passion, can't you, James? Uh, it's amazing. Uh, uh, to, uh, and on the theme of inclusivity, Dave hasn't spoken for a while. So uh, it could be a blessing for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, is there anything you want to add before we kind of wrap up today? Do you know what? I, I, I think, I mean, I, includability has been phenomenal. And I think seeing an amazing community at work and everybody, as Paul said beautifully, just the passion to share and to empower is incredible because there are so many challenges when you're running a business that you come up against. You want to support a team. You want to make sure that everybody is protected. You want to create uh, an incredible, inclusive environment where everybody can really flourish and thrive. And these things don't come easy. It's a lot of passion. It's a lot of work. Um, it's a lot of energy that you need to expend to make sure that you are spinning multiple plates at any one time. And you need people that you can lean on. And I think traditionally within the recruitment sector, you know, we are aware that there is a very strong competitive nature. There are a number of organizations, normally seven or eight recruiters are after the same organization at any one time. There's a very strong competitive nature. I think what's great about what we try to create with EK and also with includability is that anything that we've done, anything we've achieved, we want to share it. We want to help. We will make mistakes. Everybody does, but we learn from them and we try and improve for ourselves to be a better agency, to be a better support for everyone around us. And incredibly importantly, for those that we love, that we work with. So please, to anybody that would have any questions about the processes or includability or Ellis Knight and the accreditations that we've gone through, any questions that anybody's ever got, we, we would love to hop on a call, enjoy a virtual brew. It's what we're about. We love sharing all the mistakes that we've made, but also how we can support, how we can build something incredibly special together. And includability, as Paul said, encapsulates that beautifully, that incredible sense of community where people come together to empower and, and to build knowledge and create that inclusive environment for everyone to flourish i mean it sounds amazing I can, again um we can hear the i can feel the uh, the, the passion from all of you um paul i'm just gonna i can see you've kind of just wanted to add a little bit of something there I, I do and all i want to say really just following on from dave is that you know i and we are incredibly lucky to, to have a team of three of us um that have gone through a very very difficult kind of 24 months and we've created something that we believe is is really quite it's certainly special to us and and we we get i think a lot of gratitude from from an awful lot of the people that we work with but we also know there's a lot of kind of sole business owners out there um so we, look we are here for, for kind of anyone as well that might want to kind of talk through things that might want to these things are time consuming and when you're trying to run a business accreditations and certifications kind of whilst they they are there in your thoughts they're very low on your priorities because you are running your business probably none more so than the last 24 months so um look we, we just want to say that again as dave said we are here to kind of collaborate we're here to share we're here to kind of you know if we can take some pain away from people um and bring that level of togetherness then then absolutely we're, we're here for, for anyone uh, great absolutely. uh simon you have, i think you've got one more question for the, the team yeah i the, the story's empowering and uh, i i just wanted to ask how how has this helped you scale your business 
bring in some people that embrace what you three um, have put together. So I, I, it's a question about building your team and how successful that's been in expanding the business. So I think, Patrick, that's one for you. Well, I think with the team, it's, it's actually quite easy as well because you've got clear values, clear direction. We also know the businesses we really want to kind of work with and engage with. So, you know, and most roles can be a bit repetitive. You know, you get a vacancy, you find some candidates, you fill a vacancy, and then you start again. But with this, working with purpose, actually what you do makes a difference. You think every little action you're doing is helping people. It's really making a difference. It gives you that kind of energy to go on. And by the end of each day, you know, I really help some people. I've really done a great job here. And what I do makes a difference. So I think that helps with that level of engagement and interest in the work that we do. And then the team calls we have where we collaborate together as a business and talk about who we're working with and what projects we've coming up the interest and the energy and excitement because it's really clear who we are and what we want to do is there from the start. So it helps that engagement. We don't worry that our oh, people might want to leave because there's another job there or more money. Look, it's really clear. Here's who we are. Here's what we stand for. Let's just work together and do it as best we can. Um, that is a great place to end. I think. Um, thank you very much, uh, guys. What we'll obviously do is we'll include all of your details in the show notes. So if anybody wants to get in contact with either of you, any of you individually or the business and read more about how kind of uh, how you guys work they can from there uh, but for now thank you very much thanks Adam. thanks for James us. thanks Simon Chap it's been great to meet you both thanks for listening to the team podcast I've been your host James Whitelock for more information about team visit theteamnetwork.co.uk The Team Podcast is a Thinking Circles production.